Hey guys. Hey guys, welcome back to the Babbling Pastor Podcast. Just us sitting down in a coffee shop chatting about pastoral type things. If you are not a pastor or not interested in pastoral ministry, maybe this will give you a little window into your pastor's brain if you want to be in there. Mm -hmm. I don't know if you want to be in there. Um, this episode. Michael, Michael. Yes. First thing. Yes. Um, I just want you to know. It is not good that man should be alone. Okay. Yeah, that's true. Oh, my goodness. Is that true? Oh, we're going to be talking about mail wage. What's that <laughs> Princess Bride line? That's all I know. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. I, I'm not. Uh, you can you can dislike this video if you like just based on this comment, but I've never watched The Princess Bride all the way through because I can't get that far. It's a terrible movie. <laughs> that's, that's my opinion. But today well, we already we just lost a lot of customers here. Oh no! Okay, so <laughs> if that is the most offensive thing you have ever heard us <laughs> say on this podcast, you have not been paying attention. Then so, we should uh, invite you on because you agree with a lot of things. Yeah, that no one that's else true. <laughs> it's true. Uh, we're going to be talking about marriage today and pastoral ministry and when it become, when it comes to marriage. Uh, as I, I don't know if I said it last episode or not, I've performed a lot more marriages than I have funerals. Last episode was about funerals, death. Uh, today we're going to be talking about marriage, which Rob has uh, kind of introed us in if you uh, uh, were in on the last episode, those being a little bit more difficult than funerals. Uh, he, I think the exact quote out of context was, I'd rather people die than get married in my church. <laughs> so, so, uh, again, so just, again, out of context. <laughs> yeah, I just, I, that should be, that should be said. Uh, it's just a game now to see if I can get Rob called before his elders. That's just the thing I'm doing now. So, uh, yeah, what did, what did you mean by that out of context quote, Rob? Um, well, so, I, I, so the the basis of what I I meant when I say that they're harder is just that both both are emotional things that mm -hmm. people have emotion about, um, but but in one um, there is a cloud that they're living in at the moment, and and at some level. They just, they just want you to be there. Mm -hmm. um, uh, but, but I, th this isn't certainly isn't always the case, you know, with with a wedding. But, but, but in some respects, uh, with a wedding, it's emotional, and and you'll run into some who want you to be just their justice of the peace, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, mm -hmm. who, who just want you to be their puppet and shut up and stay out of the way kind of a thing, right? Um, so rather than um, being in a situation where you're expected by everybody and their mama to, to act in a, a, a pastoral role, you've now entered into a situation, again, unless, unless you've uh, known them forever and ever, um, you know, have have a really tight knit relationship with them, that sort of thing. Then they kind of know, right? You know them well enough, and they know you well enough to know what to expect, and that's different. But, but you're certain. I got a call, man. I got a call just like 
two weeks ago from a random mother um, who I don't, doesn't even live in the town I live in. Um, <laughs> but they've, they've chosen a, a venue. Her daughter is getting married. They've chosen a venue that is, I don't know, 20 miles on the other side of the town that I live in. Mm -hmm. um, and so, and they can't find someone to go do it, to officiate, right? Um, and so I just got this random call and told me the predicament or whatever. And I haven't been called back. And I won't be. <laughs> because I said, look, I, I'm totally willing to have that conversation with, with her and, and him. But, mm -hmm. um, but, but for me to officiate something like that, um, I need to have walked through counseling with them. Mm -hmm. um, and and I, I'm pretty sure that was a deal breaker. She didn't say that, but like I haven't been called back, right? Um, and that's just a, a brief example that didn't go anywhere of what all they wanted was a judge to do a thing that legally could, right? Um, and and as, a, as a minister... Um, I mean, I, I know some people have different views about it, but I, I mean, I couldn't in good conscience marry someone if I didn't have any clue um, if they were going to make it five minutes or not. If they were, if, if, if they're unbelievers, then, you know, it, it, it doesn't mean the same thing to you anyway. <laughs> so, um, so why why do you want to do it in a church is a question that that should be brought up often or um why is it important that you have a pastor do it rather than just you know jim bob who got ordained last night on the internet right like what's the difference for you um but they're they're i think they're more difficult just because of that because people have in their minds how and so for me I think one of the things that will probably also uh, in the future um, dwindle my weddings <laughs> um, is is that I, I don't do write your own vows. Um, if, if that's something that you want to do, um, write, recite, right? Like I'm totally fine with you, with making some room for you to do that. But, but the vows aren't going to be, um, I love you, you're pretty, I'll always be with you forever, right? Like, that's not a vow. <laughs> um, so I, I present just a couple of two to three options that are more traditional or whatever. And, um, but to me, a, a, a wedding ceremony is a worship service. <laughs> so um, it's, just, it's just more, um, I think, that conflict can arise more from walking through that than than the typical funeral so yeah yeah well and that's what um there have been a few of uh, the same sort of instance so i have the same sort of uh, uh line as you in regards to i have to i have to do some premarital counseling we have yeah. we have it built out we have three sessions that are an hour long each and we walk through at this point i've developed a whole pdf because we've just as we've done this along the way, that's kind of that's this is the best way to do it because it was the same sort of topics. We just kind of built this whole PDF out, 
that I just yeah. now email them when they agree that we're going to do this. And um, I honestly have me and my wife, Christina, we sit down and go through it with them because there are things that um, I definitely would miss that I'm not I'm not processing it the same way she is as far as from the from the woman's perspective. So we sit uh -huh. down and we walk through it and we do uh, five basic things. We talk we start the first session on faith. We start and we talk about faith. We talk about family. We talk about finances. Uh, and we talk about um, the last two, the last session, the last two are a lot more about planning and uh, sort of uh, purpose in regards to the wedding specifically. But we walk through all of that with them. And I, I, we've done, out of all the weddings we've done, I'd say a good, a good half of them have been for non-believers. And I always start off with, look, you can throw this away if you want to, but this is what marriage is and this is how it's supposed to work from the biblical yeah. perspective and so i kind of walked through them just a real quick rundown for that counseling part because this, this is what we do with them and i say hey look you know what is your faith background what is this you know what do you think about jesus what do you think about god what do you think about now in my instance luckily um uh all but maybe one of the couples that we've done you know uh, the ceremonies for i've i've had at least i've either at least known or had like a loose connection with so i have an idea of who they are and um in fact i've married i've performed some of the marriages for the kids that used to be in youth group that's how old i am now and so it's one of those things where i have an idea of where they stand on faith but we walk them through like i'm just frank with them i'm a complementarian I walk them through, this is what scripture says about marriage. This is sort of the roles and relationships that are going to, I always tell them, like, you don't have to do this, but this is going to work the best for you. If you know who Jesus is, if you operate in the way that, you know, have, has biblically been set out, here are the verses for you. You have the PDF and, um, walk them through all of that. So we do faith and then we do family as far as how they were grown up, how they grew up how they interact with each other, how this is going to be a really difficult thing. Like you're going to have a honeymoon phase. Then you're going to, one of the questions we actually ask is, Hey, have you had a really good fight yet? <laughs> like, like a really good fight. <laughs> uh, yeah. And you know, sort of pre prepping you for that. If you haven't, cause if you haven't yet, I'm still a little, I wonder about you, but you're going to have one. And then kind of walking through the financial part. And the reason we cover that just to be just, if anybody's listening, because faith, family or finances are going to be one of the three things that are going to cause a real big problem in the relationship. If there's going to be a big problem, it's going to be what you believe or how you were raised and now how you act or the money you make and what's going to break that relationship up. One of those three things is probably going to cause a little bit of rift. So we walk through that with them. I have actually part of that PDF is part for them to sit down and go through with one another. Like, a, like it's basically a question thing. If you haven't covered this yet before you've got married, what do you, you haven't had this conversation yet before you got married? That's an issue for me. Like you, you need to have at least talked about this. If you have it before you got married, thought about how many kids do we maybe want to have? Like, I'm not saying you said a lot of number, but if he doesn't want to have kids and you do, we don't need to go through with this yet. Like you need to have that conversation. And so just walking through them, and then same thing. It's funny how we're so similar in regards to the vow situation. I'm totally down if you want to write your own thing. But just so you know, I'm definitely sticking mine in here too. Like there's some variety and variation. Like I have a book yep. that I show them that you can kind of pick sort of like what you think kind of fits more of this feel. 
Um, but like, we're definitely doing the vows here because this is a yep. ceremony. This is not a show. <laughs> this is a ceremony where you're actually telling one another that I am going to connect with you. Like, this is a thing that we're coming together on. That's part of the finances, by the way. There's been some people that have given us a side eye before. I'm like, hey, by the way, this is not a you and you thing. This is an us thing. So this whole, I mean, you guys have this conversation. Again, throw it out the window if you want. But this whole separate bank account where I don't know what you have and you don't know what I have and I pay this bill and you pay that bill. <laughs> yeah. I don't think this is a this isn't a relationship, guys. This is a fun friendship time. And so we kind of walk them through that. And the whole purpose, again, I, I make it very clear. You can you don't have to believe any of this. You can throw it out the window. But I'm telling you. If you want this to be successful, if you want this to be a thing, you need to think about this stuff um, and really consider this. And um, I'm sure there's been people that I haven't been suggested to to do their marriage because of that. But mm -hmm. um, I am very hardcore on that. We are going to sit down and talk about this for at least three sessions so I can get sort of a sense of where you're at, if this is something you should be doing. Now, luckily, I've never... I've not ever come to a position where I've been like, I can't do this. But I let them know at the beginning, I'm just, just so you know, just because we're going through this, doesn't, like, if I get to a point where I'm like, this is not going to be beneficial for you guys, I'm not going to do it. Now, on yep. that regard, I don't charge anybody anything. This is free of service, guys. I'm donating my time to you. Uh, so, just so you know, like, this is the require, basically how I say, like, I'm not, you don't have to pay me a dime. But you do have yeah. to give me some of your time um, invested in this so we can go through this. And like you said, like it, it can be very difficult because to my shock and awe, there have been situations where like people haven't talked through like family situations or how many kids you want to have. Like, I don't know how you yeah. get to that point. You haven't had that discussion, but that's happened before. And um like you said, there is a lot more involved counseling-wise in it. Maybe we'll get to that in a minute. Because well, I've had couples that are pretty old, older than I am. And then I've had couples that are like, I'm a little weary of Mary. You guys are super young. Um, but then I'm reminded that, I mean, me and Christina got married when we were like 20 and 21. So, like, who am I to talk? So, it's one of those things where um, that whole dynamic is really interesting as well. So yeah yeah it's um i i think that it's important um so i've participated in um several over the years but only actually officiated one so far um so you're the more experienced one when it comes to when it comes to this but um, but I think you know, as, as a pastor, um, you know, it's important to me that whatever I do, it, it comes from this, right? Yeah. I mean, this is, it's the end all and be all, right? And so, um, I, I don't know for sure where I'm at when it comes to unbelievers and I know that's a that's kind of a that's one of those things that like is a, is a conscience thing and so like some are good with that like like in your like mm -hmm. there's no scripture that anyone could point to to say Michael that's wrong right mm -hmm. um, and 
And if you if you were to choose, like you're not comfortable with that at all, then there's no scripture that someone could point to to say, "Hey, you're wrong." It's just a matter of where you where you fall. And I don't know um, where I fall yet. Um, honestly, I'm not, I haven't been presented with. I might have just been. Who knows what that call was about? But um, but you know, I. I it certainly, certainly is a lot easier if it's someone who has been a member of your church or someone that you know really well um, that that wants you to do that. Because some of those initial questions are pre-answered in that situation, right? Like you know why they want, um, you know why why doing it in a church and why a pastor is important to them because they are believers and. And they have a different view of what they're about to do automatically, um, especially if they've been sitting under sound teaching and all of that kind of stuff. Um, it's already more weighty to them uh, than, than just kind of the average person off the street. Because, man, I mean, frankly, today, marriage is meaningless to a lot of people. It's just it's it's going steady. <laughs> Right um, that to to a lot of folks, and um, it's not a not not a, a lifelong thing anymore, and and I think that's one of the reasons that that in my mind the vows are so important. Um, not that they weren't before, but um, it's important that that you're taking an actual vow you're actually vowing to one another but it's also important that you understand no matter where you're at Christ that you're vowing to one another and to God like that should be heavier um, the one that I did do <laughs> I got a, um, uh, there's a, a really young believer in the uh, crowd comes to our church and, and she's, I mean, like really young believer, like comes from a family who knew nothing about it. She knows none of the answers. She's still kind of floored sometimes when you say something until she sees it in scripture kind of a deal. Um, but I, I used at one point in my talking to them, um, I, I basically in this in this sermonette sort of thing. Um, I, I told her. I said, um, "You, uh, you have no option but to be obedient to him." Um, and then, but then, I mean, I went to him and said. You have no option but to be a respectable man worth following, right? And then I did the same thing, like with love, <laughs> with on the other flip side, right? Like you, you have no option but to love her and cherish her and, and, um, and lovingly lead your family. And I said to her, "You have no option but to attempt always to be lovable." To be a person who's easy, to, and so, um, but but I, <laughs> when I said 
when I said obey. Um, you know, she's a gal who doesn't get the person in the in the crowd. She's not someone who understands the differences yet and, and between what we mean by that and what the world might mean by that. And so so she was like, What? What did he say? <laughs> she said, but um, but to, to me, it's and these are things that I would say, no matter if you're a believer or not, no matter where you're at, right? Like you need to understand what you're doing here, what you're getting into here. Um, and if you understand it, and you're you're truly willing to submit to it and bow to, to that, like bow to that before God, then um, then already you're ahead of a lot of folks who get married. Um, but I think, uh, to me, the seriousness of what you're doing mm-hmm. is something that, um, uh, man, so many people in our culture are just about doing it. Not, not about the why, not about the weight, but just, hey, let's do this. It'll be fun and we'll be on our own and that sort of stuff and it's it's lost a lot of its heaviness and meaning yeah well and that's one of the questions we asked them one of the one of the first questions we asked them in that first meeting is like why do you want to do this like what's the what's the purpose like is this just like a next step or is this like an important thing for you to happen or was somebody in your family told you that you had to like what was the deal (laughs) and and that tells you a lot about it as well now as far as the unbeliever thing that was never uh, that was probably more of an ignorance thing for me. I was just like, oh, sure, why not? Like that was that was probably early on in the thing. I was just like, let's just get them married, I guess. And um, we have actually one of the things I did have to wrestle with a couple years ago that I tried to get as much counsel as I could was um, there was a couple that we did uh, that we that we uh, performed their ceremony that he had been divorced previously. I was like, well, what do I do with that? Like, what is that? What you know? There's sure. verses about that. And, um, you know, working through that and getting as much counsel as I mean, what I ended up doing was obviously performing the ceremony um, because he was clearly when when the divorce had happened, he was he was not a believer. He had no clue what marriage was. Um, he was very repentant of the fact that he had even the whole there's a long story, but that it even had occurred even under the circumstances that it had. But um I think where you said before, like going back to the the death is easier than marriage part, is that you um, there's a lot more you have to talk to people about, right? Yeah. So um, one of the things I think as a pastor, when you're entering into the whole process that you have to think about is like, all right, one. So, for example, there was a couple that came to me that they could not. I was their last resort. <laughs> it was they told me that because they couldn't find anybody else that would marry them because they were living together. Um, the pastor, a couple of pastors that they had talked to that, um, I, I don't know the conversation that happened, but basically these pastors were afraid, you know, the quote that they gave me was that nobody I've ever married got divorced and you guys could possibly get divorced. So I don't want to perform your ceremony, which I thought was like, it was a weird thing. Um, so I was like, well, I guess I'll take the risk then. Uh, we'll see what happens. <laughs> So, but basically walking through with them. And again, I think this is where I, I attempt to cover my bases as much as possible with starting the whole thing off with saying, guys, whether you believe in Jesus or not, this whole process is built on the reality of what Christ, uh, the example that Christ sets off with himself and his church, the establishment that we have with Adam and Eve in the garden. Again, you could call this all hooey, but I'm just letting you know, this is what 
this is the whole thing, the shebang. This is why we're even doing this. And then presenting the gospel in those conversations, in those counseling sessions. And I think what I found incredibly helpful is having my wife there with me to to demonstrate that this isn't just a, hey, I'm some man telling my wife what to do. Like she's able to she's able to communicate that that process of what our marriage looks like to them in many ways in a better way than I could probably communicate that, especially like you said to, to the female in regards to in, you know, submission and what that looks like in leadership and what that, I mean, we're able to kind of speak with them in that process about what this is. So especially with that younger couple, I mentioned there's times before where I've had to look at that young dude and be like, dude, I'm just letting you know, don't let this stress you out. You ain't ready for this. <laughs> you are not ready to, to lead in the way that you're going to have to grow in to be able to lead. And we've told that uh, in this particular instance, this young, this young woman that like there's going to have to be times where you're going to have to encourage him to step up to the plate. Like you're going to have to do that. Like you're going to you're going to feel this 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 want to just take over and do it. You're going to have to encourage him to step up and like walking them through that process that we me and Christina had to walk through of like, how do we figure this out in a way that works biblically? Like how like to, to hopefully in that process to demonstrate like maybe they're a young couple and they don't really have any they don't have two cents what they're getting into at all. Or an older couple that like just doesn't believe in Christ at all and just at least talking them through a process they probably never see lived out in their life before ever and demonstrating that. So when we get to the ceremony, um, there hasn't been a, a, a wedding that I've done that I haven't preached Ephesians 5 from, whether they believers or not. I'm just, And I let them know that. Like just so you guys know, everybody's here is going to hear about Christ in the church and how you two should be living this marriage out how you two should should be doing this the whole reason we're even doing this they're going to hear that and then you guys have the obligation and choice of whether you're going to do that or not and you have the ability to have a really good relationship under christ lived out as you should and if you don't like that's because you're not doing it the way that god laid it out for you to do it And that's just the truth of it. And if you want to, like, if you guys have problems, I always, I always leave this open. And I've had one couple take me up on this. But if you guys are having issues, like, I'm married, you call me up. Like, this isn't a just these three times that we don't ever talk again thing. Like, if you guys are having issues, call me up. Like, we can talk through this. And one dude has actually taken me up on that. We've talked a few times on the phone about, like, he he's still an unbeliever. But he's like, okay, this whole thing you're talking about, like leading, working this out, what does this look like? Which is really funny to me because he, he, he grew up in a Christian family. He's not a believer himself, but he'll call me up and be like, well, she won't listen. Okay, dude, are you worth <laughs> listening to? She, you can't just demand that this woman submit to you. One, you don't even believe in Christ. So that whole concept is foreign to you. But two, you can't like, you have to be worth like, listening to are you a leader or no no oh this conversation was you arguing about you not able to buy beer we're on a totally different playing field my friend this is not the same thing we were talking about and so just using those moments to as discipleship as evangelism in some cases um to have that door open to be able to 
to preach Christ. And in a really, I, we, we talked about this on the podcast before, but in a really real way, kind of plant that seed in their brain, like, especially for the unbelievers of saying like, this is supposed to work a particular way, guys. You've probably never seen it work this way. This is how yeah. it's designed. And then for the believers, really giving them, and I, I tell them this all the I tell people this all the time, whether I'm doing the counseling or we're just talking about marriage. Like marriage is going to be a really sanctifying thing for you way more than you could ever imagine. Um, because you're going to, you're going to be faced with things about yourself that you didn't even know or that you've just lived with and didn't think were a problem. And this whole process is really going to sanctify you in, in how you lead or how you submit or how you love somebody like this whole thing. This is way more than about us getting up in front of people and you dressing up and saying a couple things to one another. And then you just going with your life. This is way more than that. Like that's the moment that everybody sees it happen, but you living yep. that out is a way more complicated thing. And again, you do approach it differently with believers or unbelievers, but at the end of the day, at least for me, uh, on both accounts, I'm going to tell them this is how it's supposed to be done because this is how Christ and the church interact. And this is the, the description we're given of how mm -hmm. you're supposed to interact with one another. So you can do that. Well, you're not going to ever do it perfect, whether you're a believer or not, you can either pursue that or you can throw it in the trash. But if you throw it in the trash, I can guarantee you, you might, you, you might have a decent marriage. You may stay married for 50 plus years. You're not going to get everything out of it. That that's designed, that's designed for you to get out of it though. That you, um, could, yeah. that you could get out of it. So, and I just make that clear um, from the go. So. Yeah. And I think too, another, another thing that, that um, another thing that is um, not talked about enough um, is no matter, no matter who you are, when you walk into marriage, you walk into marriage to serve you. I mean, um, all of the fanciful ideas that are in your head about what it will be like, um, all of the butterflies in your tummy about what it's going to feel like, um, all, all of those things, your expectations. Um, <laughs> uh, maybe someone will say this because just to refute me but but i think that um, at least i've never met one couple who would tell me that one of the things that i most um, looked forward to in marriage was um, truly being selfless and serving her <laughs> right like that's <laughs> that is that is not where people are when they get married Mm -hmm. um, now, perhaps if you're older and you've had a past that's a struggle, you you might be more in line with that because you're just more mature as a human, you know, whatever else. But um, but I mean, especially folks who are, you know, 20s and 30s or whatever. Uh, I mean, almost 100 percent down. You're you're getting into this for you mm -hmm. more and you're getting into this for her or him. Yeah. Um, and I, I actually, we actually had a, 
um, uh, I have a fellow pastor that from town that I meet with and pray with one of those guys. Um, and he, he actually, there's, a, <laughs> there's a, a couple at their church, not members, just people who show up, you know, um, but they're living together and, uh, they wanted to get married. So he did some counseling and all that. Mm -hmm. And he said, well, this is one of our things, right? Like, um, I, I can't marry you if you're living together already. You're living in a sinful way. Um, and so I I can't perform the ceremony. And so we, what we would want you to do is to se separate physically, move out, and, and really understand. Well, anyway, he, he goes through all of this with them and the reasons, and they take the stuff home and read it and all of that. They come back to him and, and basically say, um, <laughs> they come back to him and basically say, yeah, these are lots of good points. Uh, we're not doing that. <laughs> yep. <laughs> and, and he was like, uh, well, um, I, I can't, I can't, um, officiate the wedding. And they're like, all right, cool. You know, and they still show up. <laughs> like yeah. It's so weird. You know, he's talking about the dynamic and how it's kind of mm -hmm. different or whatever, but, um, yeah, I yeah. don't know. Well, as a pastor, I think one of the things that I wasn't probably prepared for the first couple was to have some sort of those lines like, okay, what do I do if they are living together? What if I do if they have been divorced? What do I do if this, that, or the other? Like to think through that a little bit. Um, so I haven't had to do... Um, let me see. Well, actually, there was one recently where I had to do they were unbelievers. It's a really awkward conversation. So like one of the first things we do talk about is I go in assuming they're living together. If they're unbelievers, I just assume that. And one of the things we do talk about and one of the calls I made early on, I don't I'm sure people could argue whether it's right or wrong, is that, um, you know, I, I tell them, look, I don't expect you to maybe move out. What I do expect you to do is stop having sex. That's what I expect you to do. Like, I don't like you need to stop that. Right. So if you dude can like, I'm not telling you to move out, but if you can sleep on the couch or if you can sleep not together, that would be great. Now I'm not going to pry into your life and you know ask you every time how much you've done it, but I'm just telling you from a conscious standpoint, from you knowing that you're coming here to have counseling with us to pursue marriage, like from this point on, just so you know, what I'm telling you and asking you to do is not to do that anymore until after yeah. you're married. Now, again, I tell them, like, I'm not going to pry into it. It's not, I mean, at this point, it's a morality conscious thing on you. I've requested that you do this. I'm not the boss of, you know, whatever, but I am telling yep. you that you probably should do that. Now, again, I, I've been, I've had a lot of wrestles in my mind about, like, how do we go about that? What do I say? What do I do? Do I yeah. do it if they don't? Um, in my mind, what I come down to is, like, look, I, my goal is to at least get you married um, so the, and walk you through this process of what that should look like for you. Um, and to at least let you know from the get go, cause again, big shocker. Apparently there's pastors that tell people they can live together or have sex without being married. Apparently they live out there, but well, I want them to know pastors who will marry. <laughs> That's true. Same gender. Yeah, exactly. So pastors, but so I at least let them know from the get go, like this is at least the expectation, right? This is the idea. Uh, of what we're doing uh, here in this whole process of you guys coming together more ways than just on stage. Like there's the whole process here. And um, I think one of the things, hopefully if you get anything out of this 35 minute talk of marriage that we've been having is that you at least need to know 
like what are my expectations as a pastor going into this? Am I going to marry people that are divorced? There was a couple older pastors that I talked to within the last year that they were like used to like a long time ago. That was kind of the, the line. You wouldn't marry people that had been divorced. And they're like, now you, you're probably if they're over 30, you're probably not going to have people that haven't been divorced that you're trying to get married. And they're like, you know, for better or worse, I, I don't know where I fall. I mean, I did marry that one person that was divorced after a pretty long conversation. But it seems like to me they were like, well, we got to move the line because culture moved the line. Um, but the idea is you need to at least know like where you, like, what am I going to do and what am I not going to do before you get the call? Because you can't make that decision when you get the call. Like you need to, well, and that's, to know. I think, I think too, that, um, there, that's one of the reasons that it's so helpful to have, um, a, a deeper knowledge of the people. Yeah. Um, if you, if you can, because, um, uh, so there's a guy um, at, at our church who has been divorced in the past couple of years, within the past couple of years. Um, got a couple of kids. Um, mom visits and they visit her and spend the night and that sort of stuff. Um, but it was clearly, it was a situation in which um, she... Has, has really proved herself to not be a believer um, when they were first married. Neither of them were. Um, she uh, left him before and cheated on him and all sorts of things. Then he graciously accepted her back and they worked at it and whatever else and um, she left him again and drugs are involved and all sorts of stuff right mm -hmm. um, and so even biblically the unbeliever has severed has has spat on that marriage covenant right yeah and so he biblically could then say i i'm absolved of this like yeah. she she is she not married him. yeah right and so, um, and, and without question, knowing the story, knowing him really well, without question and without wrestling with it at all, if, if a time came in the future in which he wanted me to marry him and some gal, um, man, it would be a huge honor, you know, and I wouldn't, I wouldn't, uh, wrestle with that really at all. Yeah. Um, because I know the situation. Yeah, exactly. Knowing it is half the battle there. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> said before. What? Yeah, We've come full no. circle. <laughs> yeah. 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 Well, good deal. Hopefully, um, you have anything closing up to say about this before we end this episode? You know, I'm, I, I don't, I don't really, I, I guess if, um, you know, the main thing, if you're a young, a young pastor, I think this even more than funerals is a complicated thing. And um, I, I would say that if, if at all possible, and it is possible because you're yeah, they're not a pastor yet, or you're super young and probably haven't done a wedding, um, then um, think about all of this stuff and find out where your convictions are before you get met with it. Um, because I, that's something that I regret not having done already and you know because because um wading through it in the moment is a lot more difficult i think if you haven't 
haven't yet developed where you stand on certain things and some where some of these lines are that you just can't cross mm-hmm. um it, it would be a lot a lot easier if you could if you already came into a situation knowing where all of these lines are for you knowing what you would um walk through someone with when it comes to marriage counseling or premarital counseling it, it just if you're you'll relieve headaches before they occur if you yeah. already know where you stand on some of this so yeah for sure well the only advice i would give you uh, other than you knowing where you stand on things is that this is where i think having not that i think a, a pastor's wife has certain obligations and things to do. But I think in this regard, this is where I've really found that having a godly wife that is willing to participate in some of the ministry is incredibly helpful um, because there is a lot of insight that she has provided that simply I could not have. And I'm not saying that you have to be married as a pastor to perform ceremonies, but I'm saying you're going to be at a huge disadvantage of understanding what you're talking about uh, going into this. Now, again, you have the biblical text. It is sufficient. It is enough. Um, but having lived through those experiences and having knowing that dynamic that you are ministering people into is going to be incredibly helpful to you, more so yeah. than than many things. And having her there and being willing to kind of be because you have to be really open with these people about our relationship when we're talking about this and yep. being very open and being honest about the hard parts and the good parts is is i think incredibly helpful to prepare them for what's coming so uh, i would advise that if anything i would say i'm not discouraging you from performing marriage if if you're not married but i would say i i think about it a little bit and then if you have your if your your wife is able to be there that is going to be incredibly helpful also talk about it before you get there like hey what are we comfortable talking about what are we not because you don't want to spring some crap on her that she ain't ready for or you might be the one needing marriage counseling and and i would even say this is this is purely off the cuff and i don't know it this would certainly depend on your church situation but but i know for me like if i didn't have donna which she participates she participates when we do couples counseling even Mm -hmm. a lot of times um but uh but if I didn't have her, uh, it was just me. I think having the elders that we have, um, and I know not everyone is blessed in the same way, but um, I would I would certainly um, bring. Um, I, I can think of uh, well, really any of the couples, uh, but in particular, there's a there's an older couple that one of the older gentlemen that's an elder. Um, he is. Uh, they've been married for like 150 years and raised children um and and anyway but we have options that that um that elder and his wife right would be a super valuable asset to even have in the premarital counseling Mm -hmm. with you walking through it with them so that way you still have that couple that has been together for a long time christian Mm -hmm. marriage um, example, they can tell you firsthand. Um, now nah, that's that's not going to go how you think it will, or or whatever. Yeah. Um, so. No, that's great. Yeah, if you maybe aren't bringing somebody in that can that definitely is experience that would be helpful. All right, guys. Well, hopefully that was helpful, encouraging to you. You got something out of it. If you did, make sure you like it, comment, all that cool stuff, and we'll and talk if you to you next week. 
And if you didn't, you totally wasted like 43 minutes. Oh, so. yeah. Yeah, you've yeah. wasted a lot of time. I'm sorry. I, yeah. I'm sorry. Yeah. You're welcome. <laughs> yeah, you're welcome for that whole hour drive wasted for you. Well, maybe next time. Maybe you'll get some out of next time when we talk about church structure and, and maybe redoing some or maybe how you can affect church structure in an effective way. So that'll be next week, guys. We'll talk to you then. Bye-bye.